Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal Motherfuckers, Goremonger here, hanging out with Kevin Menson, the fucking guitarist for Illinois Extreme Metal Band Waco Jesus. Uh, how you doing, man? Doing great, how are you? Good, good. Hanging out here in Bloomington to Fuck the Ass Studios, which is just my little ass living room, doing this shit. Uh, thank you for coming out, fucking giving us a little fucking of your chat time. Appreciate that shit. Always a great time hanging out with you, especially at your place. Hell yeah. Alright, so, uh, came up with some questions to ask the man right here. We're gonna go through them. Fucking hope you guys dig this shit. So, Waco Jesus, uh, can you give us a rundown of when the band was formed and how that came about? Um, it essentially started in 93, uh, when I was a teenager and I assembled a group of guys together. I basically had the worst personality traits and the worst <laughs> chemical addictions of anybody I'd ever met. Pretty much so, perfect for death metal. Seemed like it. <laughs> so we were able to hold it together for a few years and release a demo cassette that got some notoriety. And uh, we played a. We were supposed to play a festival here in Bloomington that the current singer Waco Jesus Shane put on years ago. You, were, I think you were there. Uh, it was Dying Fetus' CD release party yeah. for purification oh, yeah. through violence. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the club, but it was pretty close Lafayette, to it. Lafayette, wasn't it? Yeah, Lafayette Club. Ballroom, yeah. And uh, basically, every member except for myself, Waco Jesus, either died or moved away. So Shane was in a band called Hot Stove, and with my band Waco Jesus falling apart, I joined Hot Stove as the second guitar player, and... We played as Hot Stove for a couple of years and until Shane and I agreed that that was a really stupid name for a band. <laughs> and uh, so we pretty much kicked everybody else out of the band and started Waco Jesus back up again. And it's been Shane and I ever since. Hell yeah. What's some of your uh, biggest influences for whenever you were writing Waco Jesus? Uh, it's a weird thing. Because you know, all of us grew up on Van Halen and Kiss and everything, and whether they want to admit it or not, we all started for the same reason. It wasn't to become the greatest musicians on the planet. It was pretty much <laughs> to get laid and be better chicks, and it worked. <laughs> so there's that. But you know, we all listened to Kiss and Van. But I, I mean, I can tell you the moment everything changed for me was watching Headbangers Ball, and one night Testament's video for Try by Fire came on. Oh yeah, and. Just a bunch of dudes head banging around a bonfire. And I was too young to know what it meant, but I realized if I didn't do that, then I was gay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be gay, so it was learned how to play fast. Hell yeah. And there it was. That's fucking awesome, man. Um, 
anyone that listens to Waco Jesus knows that it's heavily, you know, driven by sex, drugs, and death metal. Hence one of the names of the albums, I'm sure. Uh, was this intention from the beginning, or did it just play out that way as the band continued? Like, did you start writing just crude, like, death songs and shit like that, or... Well, stumbling into pornography at an early age probably <laughs> helped inspire some of that. Uh, but most of it was, you know, going to shows for you as soon as I could when I was younger and seeing whenever you go to a table, all you saw was, you know, gutted corpses and everything was this, this lot of blood and a lot of, you know, carnage and everything and... You know, just personally, I find the female form a lot more appealing than a graphic autopsy photo. Right. You know, so... Lyrically, the band has moved on from some of that, but... You know, bitches still be tripping, so we're putting them on the album covers. There you go. Fucking perfect. Um, as you're drinking your beer right now... I know you love beer. I fucking... You everywhere I go, you're fucking drinking something because you're an alcoholic. I'm not going to say that functioning alcoholic, but no, you're definitely uh, a connoisseur of sorts uh, for beers. So, give me your five favorite beers, including your favorite overall. My favorite overall would be the Stone's Totalitarian Russian Imperial Style. Holy shit! Yeah, it gets the job done for sure. (laughs) Goose Island makes a really good Kentucky bourbon stout. I think everybody likes Dragon's Milk. Um, Atomium's makes a Belgian Grand Cru that if you drink a four-pack, you'll be fucked. That stuff's awesome. And then, of course, Bud Select 55. When I'm watching the carbs and shit, because yeah. i gotta <laughs> got to keep this beach body in shape, or I'll be relegated to dating chicks that look like wildebeests. Yeah. I don't want to do that, so sometimes you got to low-carb it. So, yeah, Bud Select 55. Now, if you're at a bar that's just fucking common as fuck... PBR. Okay, there you go, fucking... I'm a dumpster, I'll pretty much drink anything. (laughs) I think I was drinking a a liqueur made out of, like, ground-up churros the other night. I don't give a fuck. Uh, Does the the rest of the band share your fucking... Your exquisite taste of beers, or are they cool with grabbing a 30-pack of fucking whatever? Oh, everybody's good with drinking and whatever, but everybody does like the good stuff as well. Nice. I don't know how Justin functions behind a drum set <laughs> on any occasion, really, but yeah, we all like it. I mean, obviously, there, King Cobra was a big thing with there us for That's a while. We used to, uh, our previous drummer, Johnny, he was able to get deals on it, so he would bring cases of King Cobra 40 ounces for us to take to shows. Yeah. So, that, you know, if you bought a CD or a shirt, We'd give you a King Cobra 40 ounce too. It's a good way to make fans and. That's fucking awesome. Drunk fans, I guess. Because <laughs> it shit's awful, really. It's I mean, bad. I remember uh, most of the listeners know, our regular listeners, Mervo Mayhem, know that I don't drink myself anymore, really, personally. But um, back whenever I used to drink, fucking, I used to go hard. Man, I remember going to uh, one of Johnny B's fucking birthday parties out there on the fucking edge of Illinois, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And fucking. It was like Screaming Afterbirth, The Crypt, uh, you guys. I remember that party. I can't remember uh, Sucker Punch playing. I can't remember who all else, but that was a fucking blast. But they had fucking, they had pitchers of beer for $3. So everybody was walking around with pitchers of beer just getting fucking tanked. And mm-hmm. like, to me, that was fucking party. And like, 
when I was coming up and fucking started seeing Waco shows and shit, like, that was, like, eye-opening how I wanted to do shit mm -hmm. a little bit different than just the fucking metal and spikes, you know what I'm saying? Right. All right, so, uh, now, Waco, you guys have fucking toured. You played some fucking amazing places. So, this is a two-part question. What was your personal favorite gig of all time, and where was your personal favorite place to play? That's tough. The easy answer is probably when we played Obscene Extreme in the oh, Czech Republic shit, yeah. in 2007. That was probably one of the one of the coolest experiences ever. Which the DVD, that's that show. That's actually from Fuck the Commerce, the one that's oh, comboed with Lividity. Right. Yeah. Which that was another great show, too. We were <laughs> accused of having an LSD orgy in our uh, in the room that we were staying in. And I'll say that that's not exactly what happened. <laughs> but, yeah, I would say Obscene Extreme was probably one of my at least top three favorite shows off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. Favorite venue by far, by far, would be um, uh, AJZ Bandom and Wormelskirk in Germany. Just because... Uh, the crowds there and the friends that we've had for years it's a it when you leave your own country and you go there that it's uh, it's like going home and say, the after yeah. party is absolutely sane and i can legitimately say i never remembered any of the after parties at the end of the night <laughs> always like woke up in the bus the next day and yeah i made it on the bus so that's, that's positive good. yeah yeah, you never got left behind, because I've heard fucking horror stories with other bands like that, you know. Oh, yeah. We even did that to one of our guys once, too. He was being a dick that night, so, you know. I mean, he deserved it? No, maybe. Maybe? Kinda. Where was it? We got him back, though. It was in Germany. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was at the Just Killers No Fillers Festival yeah. or something. It was a libido airbag and a bunch of sick porno grind yeah. band. I mean, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's uh, fucking awesome. It ended even funnier, too. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, now, I'm sure, you know, Waco, like you were just about to say, you guys have had some insane times on the road. What is one ridiculous time that you guys were a part of that you're willing to admit here in this interview? Willing to admit, there's a, there's a, we used to do this thing uh, about midway through our set where we'd have a, a drinking contest with any of the girls in the crowd that were willing to, and we were playing a festival in Canada and we went through our stick again and got a bunch of chicks ready to, uh, to do that, and uh, the girl that won the. The big prize, and she she chugged the fastest. Was she won a a consolidated uh, bag full of all of our pubic hair? <laughs> and the odd thing was, is she was pretty excited about getting it. Yeah. <laughs> After the show was over, I was I was standing outside just talking with some people, and the chick the one came up to me, and she was like, "Hey, I'm the chick the one that I was like, yeah, I saw that. That's great. Glad you liked it." And she pulled the, the bag out of her pocket, but when she pulled it out, it was upside down and all the pubic hair had, like, <laughs> fallen out into her pocket, so I... She kind of looked at me with this really pathetic and sad Canadian face, you know, with her head, like, kind of chopped in yeah, half and everything. Yeah. It's a South Park. Yes, and, uh, for sure. So, I, uh... Being the polite 
Englishman that I am just reached down there and grabbed a handful of my own and refilled her bag for her. <laughs> Took a picture with her. I think that was on our old fucking MySpace page. That's fucking know. hilarious. <laughs> Stupid shit. I definitely have not heard that story. That's fucking great. Alright, so give me a rundown of the releases that Waco Jesus has put out and which album is your personal favorite to date and why? Uh, well, uh, the first one was the demo cassette that was called The Destruction of Commercial Scum. And then our first full-length release from United Guttural was also called The Destruction of Commercial Scum. Thank you for just... co- causing confusion in the underground. Yes. I, that was our, ultimately, my goal was just to cause confusion. Uh, we just decided the name was too cool to give up for a pro- maybe lesser-known demo cassette that most people would never hear of. Right. But... I don't know if you know this, but my good friend Joey Cashman actually re-released the demo on CD, which I believe is still available. Not anymore through me, but you guys probably might still have some I copies. got a handful of copies yeah. left. So if anybody out there is listening and wants it, fucking hit us up and you get that. So uh, then after that was Filth, which is still to this day banned in Germany. So we haven't been able to get that Which is fucking hilarious since the fucking company that's putting out most of your shit or reissue or whatever is out of Germany, right? Yeah. Morbid Generation. Yeah. And they released that originally and we still can't find out whether it was maybe one of the song titles or the album cover that got banned. But with some of our other graphics, I don't know why the album cover would have got banned. There's things that are worse. but um, So we released Filth, Receptive One Beaten... Then uh, Sex, Drugs, and Death Metal. Mayhem Doctrine was our last one. And uh, we are actually in two weeks from now going into the studio to do a pre-production, make sure we like everything that we got going, and then in the next month we'll be full-blown in the studio getting it done. Hell yeah, that's what's up. So what's your favorite album, though, personally? Um... I know that's a tough ass question. Every, everybody, it seems like everybody's favorite of ours tends to be Phil. My favorite probably is Sex, Drugs, and Death Metal. But I, but our, you know, I'll be that same jack off like every guy says. Like our next one's gonna be so much better than yeah. everything, but it will. We're yeah. gonna put a lot of time into the production and mastering, and uh, even the artwork is gonna yeah. get uh, uh, a lot more extra attention. So. If you know what we do in our artwork, you're gonna you're gonna want to buy the hard copy so you can see what we do. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It, you know, I was, I, I'm just always gonna be that dude, which a lot of metalheads are, where you fucking are just very partial to the first ones you heard. So, Death of Commercial Scum and Filth to me are always gonna be probably my favorites. Sure. But the other ones, I fucking definitely fucking loved each one that came out. And fucking. They all fucking have bangers on them and shit, but you know how it is. You just get the like whenever I'm talking to Sean from Future Pile because he's just he's like you know I have more albums than fucking collection of butchery. And I'm like yeah, <laughs> nobody cares, right? I get it and I love everything you've ever done, but that album to me just how many times I listened to it and you know so Phil's kind of like that with me fucking. I think that was one of the first big ones that right. All right, so. Uh, I know, you know, as you were just saying, you guys are working on the new album. I've got to hear a few of the songs that are fucking sick. I heard uh, you guys played a couple live at CIM. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard uh, some scratch-ass fucking tape recordings fucking you played me too. But yep. uh, 
what's going on with that? What can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, the only thing that I, I can really let out about it is it's it's still basically what we do. Maybe a little more polished because we're we're really putting in the time to make this one something special. You know, yeah. we're all aging, and you never know how things are gonna go, or if, yeah, or if your singer's gonna break a fucking hip or yeah <laughs> or something. But uh, this one, obviously, we've always put out whatever we wanted to, and not you know, nothing's been tongue in cheek. It's all been out in the open. Right, right. And in this age where everything can get you canceled or people that get more offended lately we've decided to more just lean into that and go as hard as we've ever wanted to yeah. possibly worse <laughs> than we've ever done just because fuck you all yeah no i'm excited about that my my cd i just put out i did the same thing it was like i kind of fucking took a different direction just because everything that's going on is so fucked up right now it's like no i want to fucking address shit i don't want to fucking Scamper away from it, mm-hmm. and yeah, cancel culture's a bitch. They tried to get me, they didn't. Fuck them. Uh, all right, so never um, apologize. No, never, ever, never apologize because I have no regrets. All right, so I already, I know your answer to this question, but I had to ask you this: mm-hmm. ass or tits, and why? Ass because I'm not gay. <laughs> I don't know why that works. <laughs> but that worked. I mean, like I said, because I've fucking, you know, been knowing you guys and knowing the CD cover and shit, I knew the answer was ass, but people need to hear that. So that was an easy one. So here's a here's a better question. Give me five Desert Island albums that you could not live without. Uh, so, probably Van Halen's Fair Warning, Terrorizer's World Downfall, Steel Panthers probably balls out. Uh, Anything from the Exploited would probably beat the Bastards is probably my favorite. And then Abba's Greatest Hits. There you go. That's what's up. (laughs) Great fun. You gotta have music to stroke to, too. Yeah. (laughs) Alright, so uh, I know when it comes to writing and recording, you as a guitarist, you're very anal. Anal, I just wanted to say anal, because uh, you're an ass guy. But as a guitarist, you are very anal. Uh, you can make the process take some time, but everything that you put out is killer, so to me, that's fucking definitely worth it. Are the other members of the band similar in their processes, or are they more along the lines of mechanical beasts that can just throw their shit down and fucking get it done? Justin, our drummer, is definitely a mechanical beast. Everybody, most people know who Justin is. Yeah. He's Played in Mortal Decay and Pyrexia and oh, yeah. tons of great bands. He's a fucking phenom. But uh, which he's an East Coast drummer, and you guys fly him out for practices and rehearsals and such. Yeah, so. it's an expensive band to play in. Yeah, right, right. right. I was gonna say that's taking everything's plane tickets and stuff. <laughs> but I mean, we had a uh, a point where we had just lost Johnny as our drummer, and we kind of already had a European tour planned out, and Justin called us said he wanted to be our guy and uh, he flew out and in one weekend he had everything we needed for a set done and yeah. like two weeks later we were in Europe with him and he crushed it every night so I know he's a he's a great guy a great friend and a phenomenal musician and uh, as far as studio goes yeah I'm the only I'm the hold up yeah because I especially on this next one I'll lay down at, at least four guitar tracks and um 
I don't like to play sober. It's pretty fucking boring. So even in the studio, it's like, if you're going to drink and play in the studio and hit perfection, you know, I mean, thank God for Pro Tools for yeah. one thing. And secondly, I'm going to have fun in the studio too. Exactly. You know? I always feel funny about it because, like, I'll fucking be at shows and shit. You know, right whenever I show up, I'll usually try to break the ice by smoking weed with people because that's what I do. But, uh, you know, a lot of people will buy drinks for each other or whatever. But I always meet them guys that's like, man, you want to fucking hang out? And they're like, oh, after I play, I never do anything before I play. And I'm just scratching my head because me as Gormong, I'm like, man, I'll play nothing sober. Because my shit wouldn't sound right if I'm, you know, my shit's completely drug and alcohol influenced, so. Right. We have names for people to play sober. What's that? Homo- I mean, the well, <laughs> There's a bunch of names for them. There you go. There you go. That's great. All right. So, um, what's the future for Waco Jesus? If our listeners aren't aware, you guys are the backbone of one of the largest growing fests in the U.S., Volterra and Soul. I mean, between that and the band, is it hard to balance the time for both of those? And do you see Waco's just continuing on? It's a god-awful pain in the ass. But (laughs) first and foremostly, I want to give credit where credit due. Shane, our singer, uh, is the heart and soul of Full Terror Assault, and he deserves like 100% of all credit for that festival happening. Nobody else does what he does. Nobody puts in health. A lot of people like to claim that they do a lot for (laughs) it and try to take credit where it's due, but it's all on the man, Shane. Yeah. Uh, obviously everybody in Waco is a, is a cog in that big wheel of full terror and help out as much as we can uh, but yeah it's it's been, it's a difficult to play the fest and help try to keep it rolling throughout the fest that's why we don't play it every year right, and yeah. why we won't and we don't want it to become about us that was never the goal right it was always Shane's brainchild of all these cool European-style festivals that we played over there to bring that same feel to America. And uh, from what I've seen elsewhere, I think he's got the best thing going as far as making a death metal, grind, hardcore Woodstock. No, it's fucking awesome. I mean, every year is like one of the biggest events that fucking, you know, for anybody involved to go out to and hang out and shit. I won't release anything on here, as I think Shane would probably kill me, but uh, <laughs> there's some some big bands that have been locked up already that uh, that people are going to be extremely happy about. I mean, some of the bands that I've seen fucking just over the years there were very surprising, you know, for somebody that we know here in Central Illinois to have been able to... to to bring out to the middle of the fucking woods, let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll always remember whenever Graves came and they were late, you know, and they had to come through the fucking night in the fucking middle of nowhere, and fucking, they're just like, what the fuck is going on? But they came out and threw down a badass show. Yeah, that wasn't stressful at all. Oh, I bet, yeah. <laughs> Alright, Kevin, well, you know, thank you very much for doing this interview. It was super fucking cool of you. Do you have any last words or anything you wanted to mention? Uh, no, just uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, really appreciative. They let me get on here and talk about Waco and Full Terror Assault. And uh, I'll see you at your mom's later tonight. Absolutely. Awesome. We'll be there. <laughs>
Man.